Gotham Sound is your one-stop audio solution for microphones, mixers, recorders, podcasting, and wireless. Whether you're looking to rent or buy sound equipment, are working at a church, feature film, a television show, podcast, theater, or a student project, Gotham Sound is here to serve you. With a huge selection of new and used gear, it's your first stop before you buy. Gotham Sound has the pro audio you need to make your project sound true professional. Gotham has been around for 18 years perfecting pro audio. Visit us at GothamSound.com. Tribe Signs was designed in 2010. We started operations as home and office solutions specialists and have since established ourselves as a trusted brand all over the world. We have worked with some of the world's best designers and manufacturers to bring a curated selection of beautiful furniture to thousands of happy customers across America. Visit us at tribesigns.com. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. Well, how often do we talk about Christianity and those that pretend to be Christians? You know who you are, or maybe you've been affected by someone who has been a Christian that hurt you. Anyhow, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, It's called The Pretend Christian is the book, Traveling Beyond Denomination to the True Jesus, our special guest, Deidre Riley, and welcome. Thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to be on the Messiah community, and I'm really looking forward to this time to talk about pretending and talk about not pretending. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice. Total sound control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. Well, you know, that's what your book is about. And in fact, at first I thought, okay, you know, maybe this is to call out all Christians. And there's nothing wrong with that. We sometimes pretend and uh, they're false pretenses. We've all been affected by someone maybe who was a Christian that didn't act like a Christian. And then, uh, but I realized this book is really about uh, how Jesus touched your heart and that there were people in your life, your grandparents and a special uh, Christian friend that you had 
and that you finally saw Jesus, you know, not just in an intellectual way, but that he really touched your heart and you believed on him. So we'll get to all that. So what made you write the book? Well, it's a great question. I mean, I hope and and pray that I'm right when I say God really wanted me to uh, write this book and reflect as accurately as I could my unique journey, which it is unique to me, but I think a lot of people have the same journey and maybe can't find a home for that journey uh, in talking with others. But I'd actually left a very challenging uh, staff role, a senior editorial role, where I had edited a lot of fine work. And I sat around after kind of collapsing for a week and a half and said, what, you know, what do I have to give? What, Mm. what, what do I have to give with my writing? And it started as an essay and I finished, you know, a couple pages. And I said, well, I'll just keep going. So I think God revealed himself and I think he revealed me to myself, which was interesting. And then I said, if there's a commonality in my experience at all with others, I'm going to share it. So it's been a great journey. Uh, it's published by Crosslink Publishing, a great uh traditional Christian publisher, and I've been thrilled for the partnership. But uh, yeah, so I'm just hoping uh, that others feel less alone, I guess, Michael. Yeah, well, you're looking out for them, for people who have been hurt. I mean, it started in innocently with, uh, you know, like a Christian, uh, like a wanna, what is it, for, you know, learning about the Bible when you were younger. And you yes. went to some Bible trivia and you thought everybody was <laughs> going to be your best friend and nice. And, and they were kind of competitive and maybe kind of put offish and mean and cliquish. And does this sound familiar sometimes when we think of church being cliquish or it started uh, with the youth uh, yes. at first? And you weren't sure what to make of this. It was about the question of John 316. You know that one now, though, right? I know it and <laughs> I, I understand it. But, you know, I think... One point the book tries to make is we forget what it feels like, all of us who are Christians, to not have faith. You know, it's very frightening. And you feel all alone in this world, and all your struggles are yours alone. And so I start out the book with this kind of amusing, as an adult, I can look back, but my parents uh, had fallen away from faith and had come back when I was a teenager, which was kind of tough. So all of a sudden there was, you know, Bibles everywhere and I just didn't know what was going on. And they asked me to go to a teen meeting and this teen meeting, they decided to play a game of Bible trivia. And my parents really encouraged me to go. And I kind of, you know, grudgingly went And I can laugh at that now, but at the time I was like, all right, Bible trivia will separate into two two teams, and I don't actually have to know anything. And sure enough, that's not what the teens had in mind. We were going to go one by one. And, you know, I couldn't remember. I was thinking, all right, Moses, he brought the laws. I know that. Uh, Noah's Ark had two type of animals. Jesus is the star of the second part of the Bible. You're doing but good so far. <laughs> that's about all I knew. And so the kids were very, very kind of cutting and critical of my lack of knowledge. And at the time I was 19 and, and what it did was shut the door on further investigation and kind of extrapolating that out in the book, I say, you know, How often can we maybe do that to others because they don't fit our perception of a Christian? And, you know, we really need to be mindful of what it feels like to have no faith or very little faith. 
So, I mean, that seems to be the whole thing is how do people belong and and church can be very intimidating. I don't think people realize that, or, you know, you contact the pastor, the pastor never calls you back or you call. And these little things may seem like we're overreacting, but not really when we're trying to find the God of the universe, find, you know, if Jesus is real, when we go to church and dawn the door of a church. And so that's why your, your book, the pretend Christian traveling beyond denomination to the true Jesus is great because uh, not many people explore these things. And let's be honest, when church ends, and sometimes, you know, we talk about uh, Mary Lou and Susie and the pastor, we we get hurt. And uh, it's good to talk about those things that maybe, you know, and it starts early. That's right. And I, I think confident Christians should kind of have these ideas that it's okay it's all right to reflect and grow. It doesn't threaten God, that's for sure. And it shouldn't threaten our faith. But, um, you know, I think this world is hurting. I think it's a very busy, chaotic world. And, you know, as Christians, with our belief, it really is so helpful to the world if we, instead of telling people what's good for them and, and really rushing them through faith, if we could listen and empathize, even with tough topics, even like, you know, take abortion. And I'm very pro-life. But if somebody comes to me to talk about abortion, the first thing I'm not going to say probably is, oh, well, God's against that. Even though he is, of course, it's a grievous sin. Maybe it would be better if I said, tell me about your experience. Yeah, tell exactly. Me about your hurt. And, and really, you know, do as Jesus did, you know, an awareness of where others are. Yeah. And it's your awareness that made you such a great writer. I want to say that Deidre Riley, our guest, is a writer, journalist who works on family, faith, politics, parenting. Uh, she's been carried by national publications, including Fox News, Dallas Morning News, uh, Hartford Current, Boston Herald, and others also uh, been on the radio, which I have a good voice there with uh, WBIX uh, Family Talk in Boston. So, uh, you know, being a, a commentator, if you will, on socially on these issues, uh, what a great, uh, you know, book to write. And so you were talking about your husband, where are you really cut out to write this book? You had doubts about it. What made you doubt that? Yes. Well, and that's in the foreword. And and uh, I should say, too, I think this book is great. And this is the feedback I've been getting, Michael, which is so interesting. It's great if you know somebody who feels very threatened when you talk about faith. It's, it's sometimes easier to read about faith. And this book is very non-threatening. So if you have a spouse or a grandchild or a child who maybe you're not getting through to, Throw them the book, you know, here you go. Um, and that kind of ties into to your question. I uh, was finishing the book. I'd finished the first draft. And, you know, I had a bad day. Christians do have bad days. You know, my husband and I had had a little quarrel and I just felt I was letting people down. And I said to my husband, I'm just not, who am I? to talk about faith, who am I to represent, you know, the God that created the whole universe. And I really was hesitant. And my husband, um, I guess we gotten over our fight because he was talking to me again. <laughs> he said, you know, you're exactly the type of person who should be talking about this because that's so real. And 
God doesn't wait until you have it all together to meet you. God meets you where you are. And that was very helpful to me. And, you know, since then, I've just tried to maintain an attitude of, God, I think you wanted me to do this. I'm going to represent it with prayer and really be mindful of the people kind of in the shadows and in the corners of life that, you know, really need our eyes on them. Yeah, I love that kind of sensitivity, though, and where you're coming from, because you found the one true living God. You found Jesus. And uh, first, you know, the kids were a little rough, let's just say in church, but you had really good influence with godly Christian grandparents. I was talking about your grandmother, if I have that correct, who really made an impression because through thick and thin or, you know, high water, she was going to believe in Jesus. And you were, you marveled at that throughout the book, that when things go bad, how can she have her faith? How can she be so strong? Um, How could she be so focused? And so these influences, you know, along with the godly friend, you'll talk about that later, created, I guess, a door where you, you could believe it made an impact on you. And we're going to find out more about Deidre Riley, how she came to faith in Christ, and also about her book, The Pretend Christian. Stay here. Start your fragrance line and make money with bostonperfumery.com. Design custom cologne or perfume using natural ingredients. Imagine 10% butterscotch, 20% sandalwood, and 70% vanilla dark. Choose any scents and any percentage from the Boston Perfumery Sun Chart, then name your custom fragrance. Visit bostonperfumery.com. Again, bostonperfumery.com. Everyone deserves a signature scent. Ocaso builds high-quality, extremely affordable action cameras that enable our customers to capture dynamic moments in life and share their world of difference. In less than nine years, Ocaso has become one of the leading action camera brands worldwide with sales of over a half million units annually. There's a world out there to explore and enjoy while capturing every thrilling experience. Ocaso's mission is to inspire and empower more people to join, enjoy, capture, and share the fun of exciting outdoor sports visit acasotech.com okay we're back with Deidre riley and her book the pretend christian and uh remember that book traveling beyond denomination to the true jesus and uh you know we have to include all these things in christianity because how can i say this we could be distracted by people by the church by hurts we could be distracted uh from coming to the one true living god and you you let us know keep your eye on jesus throughout the whole book that don't be distracted by these things that are real that you may go through uh, because he'll find you. He'll find your heart like you found your heart. Right, Michael. And that's so important. And, you know, I always kind of laugh. There, there are such fractures within denominations and then kind of between denominations. And if you spend any time online, you know, you really get to see that. And sometimes I laugh and I say, gosh, I feel like we're in the lifeboats here. You know, it's uh-huh. it's time to stop worrying about what divides us and the subtitle of the book traveling beyond denomination to the true Jesus is really reflective of my being influenced by many expressions of the Christian faith. And I've known too many good people in, you know, Bible-based, I believe that's important, Bible-based Christian denominations to ever doubt their sincerity. And I think when, I think when we start arguing 
that's when we lose, we take our eyes off Jesus. And, you know, you had mentioned me seeing these faithful grandparents, you know, I, I call them in the book, they're like the who's down in Whoville, you know, the Grinch who stole Christmas, no matter what happened, they celebrated, they mm. celebrated Christ. And as a doubter, and, and kind of somebody who loves to, as I call it, pull up the flower to look at the roots, you know, as somebody very, very critical, a critical thinker. That impressed me. I said, well, why do they feel this way? Who is this Jesus? But for much of my trip, I still wasn't getting it. I, I had an intellectual understanding in my journey, but nothing more. You know, let's just get back to what you said earlier. When you show people that you care, when you show people that you first care about them and the, the sensitivity, having a godly sensitivity, not not the first one to point out or hit people over the head with the Bible, but to show that you care. And those are the people that you had in your life, your grandparents and uh, and also a Christian godly uh, woman. So there was that moment, though, where you're in the car and all of a sudden you had been admitting throughout the book that you had an intellectual understanding of Jesus but you really didn't know Jesus. You didn't have a heart knowledge of Jesus. And so incrementally going to Bible studies, having strong Christian influence, and what happened in that car? All of a sudden you were overcome and uh, Jesus just revealed himself to you. Well, it was, it, I'll never forget it. And actually I have the chills right now thinking about it, which I always do, but yes, you're right. I mean, through the journey, I had intellectualized Christ. And that won't see you through. That won't see you through the peaks and valleys of your life. Um, but I was trying and and I felt like, you know, at looking back, I was trying to be a good person and a good mother and raise my kids, you know, in the Christian faith without my without any emotion really attached to it, which might sound odd. But whether it's burnout or whatever it is, I think we can all understand that space. But I had wound through my own journey with little signposts that really were Jesus and really were God, you know, catching my attention and revealing uh, God's artistry and God's care and God's also God's law. And so I was in the car with a friend who had gone through a tragedy and had had really bounced back from this tragedy in a way that only God could facilitate. Mm. And that was so impressive to me. And we were coming from a program called Alpha. So I was influenced also by the Church of England. And I felt a little uneasy. And I felt like, gosh, I feel like something's breaking through to me. And I just need to do more and be better, which of course, that's not it either. <laughs> I can't earn it. I can't earn my way into heaven. And we were sitting in the car and it was raining and we were just chit-chatting, nothing big. And all of a sudden, I just had a dawning. The Holy Spirit revealed in that car, in that neighborhood on a rainy night, Jesus's particular love and care and reality for me. Mm. Oh, it was so stunning. And I didn't know what to do. It was just a dawning. So I said goodbye to my friend quickly. I couldn't share it because I was living in this suspended, wonderful moment of true belief. And it was the first one I'd really ever had. And I already was a mom to three boys. So I ran inside and I pulled down a children's Bible and started leafing through the beautiful, you know, colored pictures and tears just sprang to my eyes because I said, Jesus, 
for the first time, I understand this kid's story. I understand the reality of you. And, and that's when Jesus became not a, when I can think of it, you know, person and God in my life, but the basis. Yeah. I mean, that was, I, I thought that was the, the climax of the book right there, where uh, all of a sudden, you know, you had questioned things, you had an intellectual questioning, but then Jesus became real to you. And, uh, and you proudly tell others, you know, about him in your book, but you do it as you work through these doubts. How often do people talk about it and say, am I a real Christian? Right. And I question my faith. Maybe I should want, am I a pretend Christian, such as, you know, the title of your book? I think great discussions. And by the way, you, you know, maybe we can get a workbook uh, attached to this book. <laughs> People you know, can work through, you know, <laughs> the pretend Christian funny. workbook and work through. I think it's a wonderful thing to ask yourself, am I a real Christian or not? And you do it in a loving way, which is you know, kind of different, which uh, where people can go through their life and, and he became real too. That's all I know in the end. He really did. And I love the workbook idea. And, and I think too, you know, again, as Christians, we, we really are called to share Christ with others. And so sometimes we have to be a little bit um, strategic and pull that part of ourselves out that is a good listener and that does empathize because we love God so much and we understand and we don't understand everything, but we understand the importance of following God's word. But it's kind of like a baseball game with children. If you take a small child and you say you present baseball two ways and one way is, hey, there's going to be a ref. There's going to be a lot of rules. And you're probably going to get called out. You might even get hurt. That's one way to present baseball. But there's another way that says, hey, guess what? You get to run around bases. You're going to be outside. You're going to be with your friends. And you're going to have the time of your life. Probably it would be better to describe baseball the second way. And so, and I've, and somebody said to me, you sound new agey and, and I'm not at all because I do understand the law, but what I'm emphasizing and it's an emphasis, it's not anything else. I love God's word, but it's an emphasis on God's love and God's mercy. Mm. And I think who couldn't use a little of that, right, Michael? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember I got, we have to go back to those like Billy Graham things where he says, God loves you. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time a pastor said, you know, God, Jesus loves you. And that uh, he, you know, kind of led with that. And you mentioned that, you know, he's uh, like he, you were the only one that he would die for you and uh, and your sin. We're going to talk a little bit more, too. We're going to be back with Deidre Riley. And she's a writer whose work has appeared in many print and digital publications, including CBN.com, FoxNews.com, DallasNews.com, uh, The Boston Herald, and more. Stay tuned. We're back with The Pretend Christian, the book, right after this. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions, the ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. Okay, back with Deidre Riley. She is the author of 
the pretend Christian traveling beyond denomination to the true Jesus. And best part is she does it with love. <laughs> she <laughs> writes uh, in the book. Now, there was a moment I thought, you know, as God was pursuing you, that you were in college, you felt this overwhelming need, uh, very emotional, wanting to know the truth. And you just had to find a church, you know, like a lot of people, they see a church, maybe I should go in there. And uh, you did hoping that, you know, maybe you'd be addressed by the pastor and it would be a, a good kind of moment. What happened there? That was a kind of a little bit humorous. <laughs> well, I, you know, like many college students, especially post pandemic, you know, I was overwhelmed. I'd had a romantic breakup. I was very, very confused about my major and how I handled it in, in uh, Deirdre fashion back then is I just completely unplugged. And I think I was depressed. I think I had uh, clinical depression. And when you're, when you feel like that, you don't know how to get yourself out. And, you know, you see people streaming by you that have it all together. And you can't figure out, especially when you're young and you have stresses, you know, unique to the young. What's wrong with me? Why can't I be like them? So I was a, a non-believer, but I decided to head towards town. I was on foot. I threw on a sweatshirt. And what happened was I went to the church. I was not a churchgoer. I sat down in the back and I was really at the end of my rope. And a priest came out and he bowed at the altar and then kind of moved towards me, you know, kind of squinting. Who is this? So we sat down and he said, what's wrong? And I said, I, I just don't know. I, I just really feel lost and I really need some help, I think. And he looked at me and he said, well, you're not pregnant, are you? You need to go to health services if you are. I've seen way too much sexual activity and so he was bringing his experience and, and I'm sure, and, and God bless this guy because he might've had his own day going, I don't know, but what that did to a non-believer at the end of her rope, I was so shocked. I stood up. I couldn't even say goodbye because I didn't know what would happen. I thought I'd just fall apart and never pull back together again. And I took off and I, I use this to illustrate in the pretend Christian that symbols, this priest bowed at the altar, but dismissed a real live girl in front of him. And so we need to be careful as Christians and Christian leadership. We need to be careful of symbols and, and instead always look to the human, always look to the suffering. And if we do that, God will bless us. It's not that we shouldn't show reverence. But we, we shouldn't choose reverence to a symbol over helping someone to really find Jesus. Yeah, that's well said. And, you know, you had mentioned, and we have to be careful as, as Christians because we can trifle with the holy things of God. You mentioned that there are a lot of times when Christians will say, have a blessed day. Of course, we've heard, we've heard that before, have a blessed day or bless your heart or something like that. And the person was not making eye contact, just nonchalantly looking at their watch or saying, uh, half paying attention, I will pray for you. And that can really have an effect on people. I don't think we realize, like, we really have to be present, don't we, with another yes. human being, uh, full attention. I, I can't imagine Jesus, you know, the woman by the well, just kind of half looking at her and say, I'll pray for you. Yes. Or, you know, he was really present. <laughs> 
or checking his smartphone. And, you know, and I have a little ministry for myself called every time you say you're going to praise someone, you do it. Right. And, you know, especially online, it's so easy to toss off a, you know, Facebook praying for you. Well, we are talking about connecting with the creator of the universe on behalf of another. And so we better darn well do it. And I was guilty, too, until I really felt I I think, you know, God led me to to kind of get over myself and say, look, it's loving, but you need to stop and approach me and do it. And so I I have done that. But um, yeah, you know, terms that especially I was raised further south. I'm in Boston now. And there were some terms that really made me feel kind of itchy, like, you know, we fellowship together or, you know, blood of the lamb. I didn't understand it. It's There's a lot of Christianese, a lot of Christian yes. talk. Yes. And, and it can it, be confusing. Well, people don't realize that. Well, you know, once you meet Jesus. Uh, blood of the lamb means something different and it's beautiful and it's an expression of sacrifice. But when, before you're there, um, it can sound like, what, what is this person talking about? And it feels exclusive Mm. in terms of keeping people out. And trust me, I mean, I've been there. I didn't have any faiths, but I really, and I thank God really for using motherhood. Once you're responsible for children. I think you want to at least raise moral children. And again, I had had this wonderful background of grandparents and my parents were open thinkers and they, I always loved that about them. They always encouraged our thinking, even though they had fallen away from church, but my grandparents never goaded us. They never, they never made us feel bad, even though they were Southern Baptists who were, you know, church a couple times a week. They, they were confident that God would do the heavy lifting. And sometimes I think if we remember God's going to move this mountain, it's my job to stay present, to stay prayerful. Maybe you have a kid that you're so longing to know God. Well, just keep praying because God is going to move that mountain for you. And what a great feeling. What a, what a, what a blessing. That's why I like about your book. You're sensitive to it with love, you know, that we do this and uh, we could be better. Uh, it's almost like, the, what is that expression? Familiarity breeds contempt <laughs> when you could be in church and singing, oh, what a friend I have in Jesus. And people, people can sing these hymns. That's not my real singing voice, by the way. We can sing these hymns. And yet, just like your book, it's called The Pretend Christian. You could be that pretend Christian. You can know all the songs in the hymn book. You can know the Christianese that you're talking about, mentioning things like fellowship or the blood of the lamb or sayings like that, and not be a Christian. And that is what's so unique about your book is that it fosters this type of discussion. We don't talk about it. Yes. And and I think, you know, God always appreciate appreciates when we get real. And one of the hardest lines I had to write in the book was I was talking about a friend who had had a sudden loss, my friend Louise, a sudden tragic loss right in front of her, uh, an accident happened. And I said that, you know, she didn't lose her faith. And I was worried that that would have caused me to lose mine going through a trauma. And then I wrote, sometimes I still worry about it. And that was so hard for me to write, but I felt it was important 
because I, you know, I'm doing the best I can day by day. I trust God has me, but it's okay to voice that when you're upset. God won't turn away from you. And I've had prayers where I've just said, God, you know, I'm blowing it. I am just no representation of you or your love. And I think once we're real in that way, healing can start. And so God, God's got us. And also we're not pulling anything over on God. Yeah. <laughs> you I know, like the we expression. can say whatever we want, but he I knows. Like, <laughs> I like the expression. God can work with that. He can yeah. work with that kind of honesty, but that's the kind of honesty that you bring to the table in the book where, <laughs> uh, you know, he begins to work through your life, the questions, the jadedness, uh, just uh, keeping a distance and maybe only an intellectual understanding. And then he reaches for your heart. And and that, you know, it really makes for a great book. And it's called The Pretend Christian Traveling Beyond Denomination to the True Jesus. I've been calling you Deidre, but it's Deirdre, isn't it? Deirdre? <laughs> well, with a name like that, I answered almost anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> Deirdre Riley. And how can people get your book? Well, thanks so much, Michael. Uh, it is available for pre-order now through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com, ChristianBook.com, and a bevy of other places. And if you order it today, it will be at your doorstep on June 25th is the official uh, release. Yeah, it's a great book, and I, I enjoyed it very much. And, and the cover's kind of cool, too, you know, with like a little mask uh, over the face. But that's the truth, kind of like the, when you go to the theater and you see those two different masks, that one of sadness and other of laughter. But truthfully, we do have to question and ask ourselves. And, you know, after reading your book, I thought, you know, sometimes I pretend yes. to be a Christian. Sometimes yes. the things that come out of my mouth are not, you know, am I two different people? Uh, sometimes we have to, you know, get real and ask our, ourselves. That's the last question for you here. So those little girls that hurt you in Bible study, have you forgiven them? <laughs> Listen, it's water under the bridge. And I say in the book, those kids grew up to once they left the cocoon of, of teen worship, they ended up being wonderful people. They had their own trials, which they handled wonderfully. And they even came to my bridal shower and gave me some pretty cool gifts. So uh, <laughs> nice. I, I still, the scary thing is I still don't know how I do with Bible trivia, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get to answer the question that, that stumped you at the beginning. It was John 316. We'll let you uh, end with that. And uh, we really appreciate you being on the program. Well, thank you so much. And it has really just been a, a beautiful time with you. And I, yeah, so John 316. I thought I thought you were getting away from that, but are you? <laughs> no, I'm going to bring it back. We're going to bring it home. All right. And that verse is, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. That's Deidre Riley right now, our special guest. Go get the book, The Pretend Christian, Traveling Beyond Denomination to the True Jesus. May God bless you. Thanks for being on the program. Thank you so much. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bairdynamic.com.
And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice. Total sound control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.